Good morning, Northwestern. How are you guys doing? Yeah, good. Um, so I'm not Justin. Um, I'm Christina. I'm the chapel assistant. And I'm actually filling in for Justin today. So, yeah, he's actually sick. Um, well, not he, not he is sick, but his wife um, and his um, baby baby son is sick. So, um, yes, yeah, so we'll pray for him. But I just wanted to introduce you uh, to what's happening today. Um, so today you'll see four different monologues, and you'll see an outsider perspective, Peter, Judas, and Mary. Um, we have some fantastic actors and actresses here today, and we'll have a song to conclude the day as well. Um, and so what today is all about is that we want to embrace the tragedy of Good Friday, but also experience the triumph of the resurrection on Sunday. Um, and we also want to enter in how difficult and tragic Good Friday was, but also and sit so we can experience that we um, so that we so we can experience what that must have been like on Good Friday. Um, but also hold on to the hope that we have on Sunday. Um, so hopefully that makes sense. You'll see um, as they perform the monologues. But I would like to pray before um, we can, we start the chapel today. So would you pray with me? Yes, okay. Jesus, we come before you. Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we thank you for the opportunity and the privilege that we get to be here at this university. I thank you for each one of my brothers and sisters here today, that you have something that you desire to speak to them. So God, would you open our hearts, open our minds to what you want to speak to us. Um, Jesus, I thank you for our brothers and sisters who will be performing those monologues, that God, you speak through them that Holy Spirit, you speak so clearly, God, what your message is. Um, and Father, I also pray for Justin um, as he's taking care of his family right now. We just command any sickness to leave in Jesus' name and for your perfect peace to rest in their hearts, minds, and bodies. Um, we thank you for your presence there in that place as well. Jesus, we love you and we thank you. In your name we pray. Amen. Yay. Thanks, guys. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. 2,000 years ago, he walked upon it. And where he walked, people followed. The sick were healed, sinners made righteous. Prophecies fulfilled. The Christ had come to save, to heal, and to know his people. And his people believed. But what did they believe when they could no longer follow? When the God-man's road came to an end? to Golgotha. This God-man had many names. Lunatic, blasphemer, teacher, friend, Messiah. But what did they call him when he was dead? Before he had risen on that darkest day. That night wasn't the first time I saw Jesus. I was visiting my aunt and uncle in Capernaum, and my cousin had to drag me out to the middle of nowhere to see this teacher. This mound of people by the Sea of Galilee was staggering. We listened to him all day. The things he said were so different. Jesus was simultaneously the most unimpressive-looking man and the most 
impressive person I'd ever seen or heard of. We didn't even know we were hungry until he prayed for a meal we didn't have. And then, well, we don't have to get into this. You know what happened? He fed all of us. What do you want me to say, that it was fake? This would be so much easier if it was. But it was, it was amazing. And the things he said had a way of ringing in your mind. On the way back, people were saying things like, Messiah, chosen one, that he could be the Christ. That's blasphemy. He wasn't the first to claim to be the Messiah. That's what was hanging in my mind when I heard they were going to crucify him. I heard yelling outside, and the crowd started to line the streets. There he was, at the road. His red, feeble body. Jesus. Bent over, carrying a cross, bleeding all over. He looked pathetic. In the short time I watched, the seeing Jesus fell twice. The soldiers would pick up his feeble body and toss the cross onto his back. Still, Jesus did nothing. I shut the shutters and sank to the floor. I wasn't going to watch this. Even if he did deserve to die, I wasn't going to watch. There was a moment. There was a moment by the sea when he was breaking bread after he prayed for the meal. There was a moment he, he looked at me. He looked at me. Jesus wasn't much to look at, but when he looked at you, it was like he saw me. He saw me. It was like he was seeing inside me. I'd never been seen like that before. That's why I went. After several hours, I gave into the pull to go. Maybe he was the Messiah. Maybe he would come off the cross in light and power and save us, raise the Israelites to their former glory, to the promised glory. I ran to Golgotha following the empty, blood-stained streets. The sky was dark. It was the eighth hour or so. And they had crucified him. Three men hung like bloody rags, nailed to bloody crosses. It was already over. No miracles. No Messiah. What else do you want to know? You know the Romans. You know how they do it. What do you want me to say? That he saved himself? That fire rained down like in the days of old? That he's not actually dead? 
because he is. The world is just like it was before he came with his stories and his miracles and the unrighteous still rule the earth, still oppress us. No powerful, miraculous displays and no promised glory. He stayed on the cross. I don't know what dreams of that hill. Some childish hope in the impossible, I guess. But I wish I wouldn't have gone. I didn't want to see that. I guess Jesus... I guess Jesus wasn't what we thought. So what was he? I knew him. He gave me my name, Peter. The world knew him as some great teacher or, or prophet, but I knew him as something more than that. He was the Messiah. He was my friend. Ask anyone, and they'll tell you more than a story about Jesus, hope, healing, truth. <laughs> he never did anything as you expected him to, but it always somehow seemed to be the right thing. There were days when we didn't understand a single word that came out of his mouth, but we trusted the man. It sounds funny to say, but he was like us, God, a person. <laughs> there, was, there was this one time, we were all sitting around a fire telling stories and James said something that made us all laugh. Our laughter started dying down, but <laughs> Jesus just kept on roaring. He thought it was the funniest thing ever. The rest of us got caught up in it, and we were laughing for five minutes. I don't think any of us even remember what James said. He always had a way of putting us at ease. Well, sometimes. <laughs> sometimes we got pretty panicked. But having him there made all the difference. And he was always there. Was. It's been one day since they crucified him. Were we fooled? No. No, I saw him on the mountain. He shone with a light that made the sun look like a candle. We were enveloped by it, in it. Every word was gone. Every doubt, every fear, every ounce of me was sure, so sure. but I also saw him yesterday. I saw him nailed to a tree with blood dripping down his hands, his feet, his head, his back. His very body mangled with grief and heavy with the weight of death itself. 
the hours dragged on, the sky darkened, and he died. I didn't sleep last night. I did dream, though. I dreamt that we were all on the lake in the boat, and he called to me from the waters. And every step I took, he seemed to get farther and farther away. I began to sink, and I called out to him for help, but he was gone. The boat was gone. There was no one there to help me. As my body froze and sunk lower and lower until my lungs filled with water, and I knew that it was all my fault. I was his friend, and I disowned him. I abandoned him when he needed me most. I killed him. I killed him that night. And I regret it with every fiber of my being. I know you. 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 I'm just Simon. Maybe I never knew him at all. I'm not a great man. I never said I was. And in fact, it was pretty obvious how common I could be. I stole on occasion. I was greedy. The people around me knew this. But he called me anyway. Why? J just to fail? Come, Judas Iscariot, come follow me. Leave your predictable, unremarkable life behind so that one day you can do evil you cannot even comprehend. I was fine where I was. Nothing was going to happen to me. I was a simple man with simple desires. But he called me. And I said yes. And honestly, it was thrilling. I was filled with something, the Spirit of God, I thought, at the time. Maybe it was pride. For a while, I saw everything as though it was for the first time imbued with some new sense of purpose. Here I was, next to the Son of God. I had made something of myself. I was valuable. The blind could see, the, the lame could walk, maybe I could change as well. I believed. I had always followed the law, but now I knew what it truly meant to believe. But the feeling wears. Even miracles grow common with repetition. 
one day I'm on a mission from God and the next I'm surrounded by gamblers and prostitutes, lepers, impoverished crowds whose stench could knock you backwards. He saw something in them. I didn't. I just felt like I was lost in an alien country. And, and then he went back to Jerusalem where they wanted him dead. Not just anybody, the teachers, the men at the temple who I looked up to as a child. I remember the night I knew I could betray him. I was sick to my stomach because I felt that I had lost my way, that I, I didn't know where home was anymore. I, on the one hand, stability, tradition, the authority of powerful men, but on the other, I told myself that if I buried my emotions deep down where nobody could get to them, if I did what I had to do, and I didn't ask why, everything would be okay. And it was, for a while. I went to the Pharisees, I took them to Jesus, and I handed them over. And then he looked at me, and nothing, not all the money, and security in the world, not all the power of the men of the temple could mask what I felt then. But, but you called me anyway. Why? Why would you do that if you knew I would fail? My soul moans, it aches, O oh Lord, my spirit rips apart within me. Are you festering and dying inside too? Do you feel like every breath is a choice? Is your heart breaking as much as mine is now? Is it? Why is this happening to us? Answer me! No. No answer for your favored one. Well then, listen to me. 
when you told me that I would bear your son, I thought that I was blessed. Yes, I said all generations would call me blessed. Behold the blessing. Behold the years of slander and poverty. Behold Israel, your holy country, rotted and corrupted by the Gentile nations around it. Behold my perfect, beautiful son, lying in someone else's tomb, ripped apart for nothing. Yes, Lord, you truly have blessed me. Listen to me. I faced scorn for you when I carried him for months, surrounded by family and neighbors who to this day whisper about my licentious youth and my illegitimate son. I protected his little body as a child when the other boys made fun of him because he wouldn't join in their cruel games. I taught him how to follow your law no matter what the Romans did. And I prayed for him more than Job ever prayed for any of his sons. <laughs> I raised him. He was my son. <laughs> Why did he have to suffer? He lived this life perfectly. You know that. Lord, you and I both know that. You and I. Lord, we were the only ones with him from the beginning. We loved him from the moment of his conception until the moment that his life was squeezed out of him by nails and whips and a bloody splintering cross. He is your son. If you love him, if you truly are God omnipotent, bring him back to me, to us. Was I wrong all those years ago? These promises that I treasured up in my heart, were they all lies? Is there another Messiah? Must I wait for him alone? Why are you cast down, oh my soul? And why are you at turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him.
my salvation and my God.